Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Don't tell me it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A Medicare podcast that never wears a safety helmet. A day late and many dollars short, Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another thrill-packed episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. As you might have heard my Canadian nephew in his Canadian accent say uh, that I am Doug Jones, your Medicare expert. Um, That is my nephew, Drew McMillan. What a guy. He has um, done the uh, intros for this ep- for this uh, podcast for low these many years, and he just gets better and better at it. So I am welcoming everyone to another episode in order to help them feel comfortable about that transition to Medicare that so many of you are preparing to go through. It is uh, a, a time of life that's not unlike your 13th birthday if you're Jewish, or you know uh, your first kiss if you're. Uh, if you're, if you're not Jewish, this is not to imply that Jews don't kiss at young ages, but the whole point is it's a transition. That's an important one in life. It's entirely man-made and created out of whole cloth by the government. But the uh, point of it is to remove some of the burden of the cost of medical expenses, uh, from the individual who might have a really bad time uh, to, the um, population as a whole. And theoretically, we're spreading the risk from those who might have uh, major medical expenses to the group as a whole that are 65 plus. And if it works as intended, you can enter that group at a fairly controllable expense level. And how might you do that? Well, I would suggest that you buy my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, and the explanation will be laid out before you. Once you have read that book, and you can read it by going to Barnes & Noble or by Amazon, uh, by going to Amazon.com, it's got four different editions. Once you have read that book, which won't take very long, you will have a clear understanding of how Medicare works and how you can interact with Medicare to make your interaction successful, uh, to keep the cost under control, and to enter the world of Medicare without uh, imposing risk or extra cost on your budget. The whole idea is to protect yourself at the uh, most reasonable possible cost, and my book is uh, very specific in pointing out how one might accomplish that. So, once again, As I do every episode, I highlight my book and I say, here's the one that you ought to read. There are other books out there, and I'm not saying don't read them, but I'm saying that with Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, you're going to be able to skate through 
a cogent explanation of Medicare without much time invested and with much understanding conveyed upon you. And then what you want to do is say, all right, when I enter Medicare, I'm going to need some additional optional coverages to plug the holes and gaps and to cover the areas where I'm not thoroughly protected my Medicare. And uh, that's what you contact me for. Uh, My email address is right in the book. You contact me and we will work together to make sure that you have the most cost-effective protection against medical expenses possible. And uh, your years in the Medicare program will be very, very satisfactory. Uh, Now, a man who, uh, when he goes places, often drives on the wrong side of the road. We had a big discussion about this today. He is... uh, Uh, An Irishman by birth and breeding, an American by nature, and when he goes to visit his homeland, he gets confused. It's Randy Carson, ladies and gentlemen. Don't ever take a driving lesson from him. How are you, Randy? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, That's a very true statement, though, because when I get over into Ireland and Scotland and England to some extent, they drive on the wrong side of the road. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. You know why, right? I don't know why they follow. They followed the same type of a scheme that people used when they were driving wagons. They the driver always sat on the right hand side of the wagon. Hmm. I'm not sure I was aware of that. I'm thinking back to all the cowboy movies I've seen, the stagecoach drivers and so forth. I guess they were on the right side. Yeah. Um, I you know there's a that whole thing about the roads, the railroads being uh, literally descended from the Roman chariots. In other right. words, uh, the the width of two horses and, and a chariot's wheel span. And uh, right. eventually that dictated the spacing of railroad tracks in England. But I always wondered, I rode a, a, a commuter rail line in Chicago from the suburbs into the city uh, twice a day and uh, got to know the, I always sat in the cab car, which is not the engine end of the train, but the other end of the train where the uh, cab a, a cab uh, was duplicated so that the crew would drive the train back out to the suburbs. Ah, Mr. Popular. And so... Uh, what happened was we'd get to talking to these guys and they never really knew why the engineer sat on the right side of the cab and the fireman sat on the left side, but it's the same thing. Uh, I found out why it was. It's because American railroads were designed by British railroad engineers, right. not right. the train driving engineers, the let's build something engineers, construction engineers or whatever exactly. you want to call them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and in reality, to carry that story on just a little bit further, I've heard now. I, I don't doubt this. Now, I don't have any real reference to point you to, but I have heard that the reason that the United States started driving on the left uh-huh. is because they didn't want to do anything like the Brits. I can't say that would be true because I think we've always been an Anglophile country. Um, we have we you know had a, a revolution. And then we had a finish to that revolution in 1812. But after that, I think we've always been um, fairly closely aligned with the Brits, mostly when they get in trouble. 
You know, I'm thinking of 20th century wars in Europe and stuff. We rally to their defense and join their side every time. I don't know that our country would have changed its whole, you know, modus operandi when cars were first invented in the late 1800s based on a hatred of the Brits. I just, I can't see that, you know, could be right, I suppose, but I don't know. Frank, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'll do a little research and, and maybe there's no real, you know, definitive answer, but I've heard I've heard that, and I know, and I would think I could find the answer for that. I don't know where I'll look, but well, I think you should uh, work on that. I'd find I it will. very interesting. And I was also going to point out to you, uh, I've located our magic question list. Oh, so good! That, so that'll that'll be ready to uh, pull into action next time around. Okay. And uh, long story short is. Uh, I think we're back in business. You know, without, right. after I after I cleaned my desktop, I was so clean I didn't have anything left. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think I should set fire to everything in my office and start over again. But I know there's a piece of paper in here somewhere that's going to be very valuable someday, and I'm I'm loathe to do that. I do want to mention one more thing about the which side of the road we drive on. Was it Sweden or Norway? that at one time on midnight on a given day switched sides yes that's true i don't i think it was sweden okay and uh, it, was, it, was one of the, it was one of those two yeah and, and it was chaos it, it was like chaos i guess wow. but apparently they've never apologized for it or said okay that was a mistake let's let's go back to the doing it the other way i wonder no, uh you know not, not that i know of it was and ultimately, I think that was probably a, a boon for the insurance industry of all the, you know, head-on collisions. <laughs> sure, if you were a body and fender man, that was uh, your career that was builder. It. That was it. What? Wow. When did you make your million? Well, back when we changed from <laughs> driving on the left to driving on the right. Yeah. Oh, boy. And that was a, a valuable experience for a lot of people, I'm sure. But. Uh, they join the rest of the world, and they haven't seen fit to do that in England and some of these other British not gonna, uh, countries. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. What do they do in Australia? Are they lefties or righties? they drive? They drive on the wrong side, like the Brits. Okay. Okay. Well, they'll they'll never learn. I don't think you can teach a, an Aussie <laughs> uh, any new tricks at all. Okay. Well, let's tear into the content that the content curator has curated for us today. It's um it's nice to be back. I've got new batteries in my timer and I'm I'm not going to bore people to death any longer than we have to today, but I've got a stack of interesting content here. Uh the thing that has floated to the surface is uh, a call back to something I mentioned a few episodes ago and that is the fact that I believe that much of the popularity of Medicare Advantage plans is driven by the fact that the government pays the freight they pay for every enrollee in a Medicare Advantage plan. So where do the insurance companies get the money that supports their Advantage plan uh, activities? From the federal government. Now, if I own a company and I'm providing a, a medical plan for my retirees, as many companies used to do, many of these companies are saying, hey, why not let the government pay for the promises that we made years ago to our retirees. And so they are forcing the retirees 
whole groups of them into Medicare Advantage plans. They're telling them, basically, if you want to have a retiree, a company-paid retiree medical plan after you retire, you're going to have uh, one choice and one choice only, and that is take a Medicare Advantage plan or take a hike. And so in the city of New York, the employees of New York City's, uh, you know, municipal employee group or whatever, um, there are 250,000 retirees uh, in New York. And uh, the city of New York said we can save $600 million a year by forcing all these retirees into a Medicare Advantage plan. Created a lot of uproar because many of the retirees are in a Medicare supplement plan. And apparently those people were quite satisfied with their existing coverage, but the city wanted to force them out out of that plan into a Medicare Advantage PPO plan. Well, uh, the fight started and apparently a local judge just made a a, uh, ruling that temporarily blocks New York City from switching retiree Medicare plans. Now, this is not an end to it, but it's a a temporary halt to the uh, uh, legal battle uh, by which the government of the city of New York was going to force the United States government and all of us taxpayers to pay for the cost of the retiree benefits for the city employees. So let's see, this little article says um, July 7th, Uh, There is a no opt-out or waiver deadline in effect due to a preliminary injunction issued by a court. All current health plans remain in effect. This is for the retirees of the city of New York. No retiree will be moved into the new Medicare Advantage PPO plan. No opt-out requests made through Aetna. I guess they're the uh, plan sponsor. No Opt-out requests made through Aetna via their call center or website will be processed. No waiver of city health benefits, enrollment into the Aetna Medicare Advantage PPO plan, or adding the prescription drug writer that has been submitted on the retiree special enrollment waiver form will be processed at this time. So that's probably good news for freedom of choice. I mean, if the city of New York needed to promise a retiree medical plan for their employees upon retirement. And God knows when retirement is maybe 20 years on the job, get you a full retirement plan. Uh, if they felt the need to use that, uh, that, um, that cost, uh, Oh, there's a, you know, that promise of, uh, money uh, to be paid in the future, uh, an unfunded mandate. That's what I'm trying to think of. If uh, they had to create this huge unfunded mandate in order to lure employees and to keep them working on the job, keep them happy and all that, probably most of them are union employees, um, then the city dug itself into a hole. Now they're trying to get out, and I'm not happy about them trying to get out on the backs of the American taxpayer by using the federal government's promise to pay a per capita uh fee to the Medicare Advantage plans based on the number of enrollees they have. Uh, We have, uh, Randy and I have explored the fact that many of these plans are uh, creating a false um, appearance that their uh, members are sicker than average in order to get even more money from the federal government. And it's just 
a bunch of hooey as far as I'm concerned. Now, I've got another article here from uh, our favorite contributor, Diane Omdahl, and she says, Medicare Advantage retiree plans save employers money but create issues, I would say create problems for retirees. Now, let's see what she has to say about this. If you're on a retiree health insurance plan sponsored by a previous employer, you should know that and then dot, dot, dot. So apparently there's more interesting information coming up in this article. My father, she says, my father was a lifelong member of the local steam fitters union. Now, this is Diane's father. This is not Doug's father. When he hung up his green work cap for good in 1982, he enrolled in Medicare Part A, which is hospital insurance, and Part B, which is medical insurance is what they call it. It's for outpatient medical expenses. And the company retiree plan, or maybe it was a union retiree plan. He had that coverage until he died. Now, back in my father's day, signing up for the retiree plan was the way to go. Two-thirds of large firms offered health care coverage to retirees in 1988. In 2022, on the other hand, so how many years is that? That's like uh, 35, 34 years later, just 13% of companies offered retiree health benefits to Medicare age retirees. There has also been a very significant change in the type of retiree coverage employers and unions offer. My father's plan worked very much like the Medigap or Medicare supplement policies of today. It was the secondary payer with Medicare as the primary payer covering the costs that Medicare didn't, such as a hospital deductible and 20% Part B coinsurance. And he had his choice of any physician who saw Medicare patients. But then Medicare Advantage plans appeared. I remember getting a call in 2014 from an unhappy retired Illinois teacher. The teacher's retirement insurance program changed a retiree's option to only a few Medicare Advantage plans. Uh, that organization, Teacher's Retirement Insurance Program, was one of the first to opt for Advantage retiree plans. And by 2017, more than a quarter of employers had taken that path. Today, half of large employers offering health benefits to Medicare age retirees do it through a contract with a Medicare Advantage plan. Big names making the change recently include IBM, AT&T, American Airlines, flight attendants, and uh, Medicare Advantage coverage for New York City's 250,000 retirees was going to start on September 1st but that's on hold after a judge's ruling. A big factor driving this shift, of course, uh, is uh, the employer-sponsored plans receive billions of dollars in federal payments, and the government is paying most of the health care costs. New York City alone could save up to seven hundred or $600 million annually by switching to Medicare Advantage for its retirees. So the next section of this article is entitled Living with Retiree Coverage. If you're a Medicare eligible and, and considered a retiree and considering a retiree plan, or if you already have one, remember these three points. Retiree coverage can be a lifelong option, so choose wisely. Point number two, the plan is in charge. Point number three, know that the coverage can change. According to the Department of Labor, unless it's specifically forbidden in the retiree plan documents, companies reserve the right to modify, revoke, suspend, terminate, 
or change the program at any given time. For companies and unions that decide to change to Medicare Advantage plans for retirees, the CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, has the statutory authority to waive or modify requirements that hinder the design offering of or the enrollment in employer or union-sponsored Medicare Advantage plans. In other words, CMS can change the rules to facilitate companies putting these plans into place. Here's one example. A retiree reported his opt-out decision was due in less than 30 days, but he still had not received the information to determine whether his physician's would be in-network under the new Medicare Advantage option. If there are changes to your retiree plan, proceed carefully. Go beyond the company and the plan's promotional information. Scrutinize the summary of benefits and evidence of coverage. Pay attention to costs and benefits. Check out coverage for your medications and whether you can see the same physicians and healthcare providers. Investigate the prior authorization requirements. If you want the new coverage, you'll likely be auto-enrolled and won't have to do anything. However, if you don't want it, things get more complicated, so do some research. Determine whether you can continue with your current plan. Almost 45% of employers offering Medicare Advantage plans do not give retirees that choice. If you can keep your existing plan, you'll likely have to pay the full cost. Find out whether you'll lose any other retirement benefits if you opt out. With some of the recent changes, retirees would lose Part B premium reimbursement, subsidies, and or dependent coverage. Investigate your options to qualify for other Medicare coverage. This can be complicated because it can depend on other factors, such as your zip code, your health status, and the terms of the contract. And finally, don't miss any deadlines. The sponsor likely has an opt-out date. If you miss it, you'll be enrolled automatically. In the last years of my father's life, we're back to Diane talking about her father again. In the last years of her father's life, as his power of attorney, I dealt with a retiree plan and never had a complaint or issue. I only wish that I had that kind of coverage. But unfortunately, that was then, this is now, and things have changed dramatically for retirees. Companies and unions that opt for Medicare Advantage retiree plans try to make the transition easy. The plan enrolls you, but don't be steered into an unknown direction. If you stay calm and pay attention, it is possible to come up with something that works for you in spite of it all. So a word to the wise about uh, uh, retiree medical plans and retirees being forced into Medicare Advantage plans. Go in with your eyes open. Um, AMAC, A-M-A-C, the American Association, no, the uh, Association of Mature American Citizens. And uh, word to the wise, this is a uh, conservative organization, but they have a big stake in the Medicare game. They want everybody to be well served as well. And so I have some uh, interesting information here that uh, I carved out of one of their newsletters. It's a question from Dave in Lake Placid, New York. Dave goes, I'm, or Dave says, I'm going on Medicare next month, and I've decided to go with a Medigap plan. My wife and I are snowbirds, so it's important that I have coverage wherever we go. I do not want to deal with a network. I also want to make sure that my insurance pays well in the event that I need serious medical care, and I don't mind paying more for better coverage. Does it sound like I'm getting this right? That's from Dave in Lake Placid, New York. 
And uh, the <clears throat> AMAC correspondent here, uh, your <laughs> the person's name is your medical Medicare advisor. Hello, Dave. From what you have mentioned, it sounds like you are on the right track. Here are three reasons why a Medigap or Medicare supplement plan sounds like it will be the suitable option for you. Reason number one, you do not want a network plan. Medigap or Medicare supplement plans do not have plan networks. These plans offer nationwide coverage, meaning you can see any provider that accepts original Medicare. Plus, if you were to move, your plan is portable, so you can take it with you to your new area without worrying about changing plans. Number two, you want a plan with more robust coverage. Did you know that Medicare Advantage plans typically have a maximum out-of-pocket amount of from $5,000 to $11,000? That is the most you could spend on medical expenses for the year if things go awry. On the other hand, your out-of-pocket expenses with a Medigap or Medicare supplement policy are much lower. With a Plan G, for example, the most you should pay out-of-pocket on Medicare-approved services is only $226 for the entire year. And uh, this is for um, item number three. You don't mind paying a higher premium. For those on a fixed income, a Medicare Advantage plan might be the only option they can afford. But if you have the means to purchase a Medigap policy or a Medicare supplement policy, the average Plan G premium is only about $125 a month right now. Boy, that fluctuates a lot from one state to another. Uh, This guy is in Lake Placid, New York, and I find that New York rates are much, much higher than the average for Plan G. Uh, but I'd be happy to talk to any New Yorker who wants to examine the options because there is a real good cost-saving option in New York that my clients are very pleased with. Anyway, to finish up number three, keep in mind that premiums vary by location and are subject to increase each year. Finally, I hope this helps with your decision. Don't forget to give us a call, meaning AMAC, uh, so we can shop around and make sure you're getting the best Medigap premium sincerely your medicare advisor and another little blurb from amac this is their article entitled amac's medicare tip of the week what you need to know when traveling and that i may say for another time because um, my brand new battery and my timer is moving the time very quickly i believe that i'm in a time warp here because the uh, timer is actually showing a frighteningly high number like i've been here for hours i can't believe that so i'm just going to go on with a a shorter article here one of the podcasts that i listen to regularly is um medicare marketing and sales podcast uh with with a guy named mike from columbia missouri who is maybe the biggest marble mouth i've ever spoken to or listened to uh but on the other hand he has terrific content in his podcast which is mostly aimed at Uh, insurance agents who sell Medicare products. And he recommends, he's done this several times, and so I thought I'd pass it on to you, a company called Needy Meds. Needy Meds, and I'm reading from their uh, description now, Needy Meds, it's N-E-E-D-Y-M-E-D-S, all one word. It's a national nonprofit organization that maintains a website of free information on programs that help people who cannot afford medications and health care costs. More than 1.3 million 
patients, family members, healthcare professionals, social workers, and patient advocates use the Needy Meds website each year. We also publish information about resources for specific diseases. All of our information is accessible online at no charge and without registration. So then in their descriptive uh, documents here, they have facts, more than 20 million homepage hits since their inception. Uh, 15,000 to 17,000 unique visitors to the website. So they're they're touting the success of their website. A lot of people go to needymeds.com. Uh, more than 100,000 needy meds brochures are mailed annually. A listing of more than 4,000 drug formulations dosages available through programs. And it says, our information, we offer the most complete and up-to-date information on a wide variety of different programs that provide financial assistance to uninsured and underinsured Americans. Pharmaceutical patient assistance programs, diagnosis-based assistance, free or local cost sliding scale clinics, help with paperwork or application assistance, coupons, rebates, and more, diagnosis-based camps and retreats, diagnosis-based scholarships, disease information pages, government programs, and needy meds drug discount card. And that's described as a free card that may be used by anyone with or without insurance. Ah, uh, or instead of uh, with anybody without insurance or instead of insurance to receive up to an 80% savings on the cost of prescription meds. Typically, I find that the drug discount cards are working best with the drugs that are cheapest and don't work quite as well with the drugs that are more expensive. But I say give it a try. And then it says our support. Access to our information is completely free. We don't charge for any help we provide. Financial support comes from individual donations corporate donations and grants supporters who advertise on the website syndication uh, of our information fees for assisting pharmaceutical manufacturers in running their patient assistance programs, our drug discount card, and from the use of PAP tracker, PAP tracker. I don't know what that is. Our software that helps clinics and other organizations simplify the program application process. So the uh, URL is needymeds.org, N-E-E-D-Y-M-E-D-S dot org. And they're located in Gloucester, Mass. www.needymeds.org. Their telephone number is 978-281-6666. Ooh, that's almost the mark of the beast, but not quite. So anyway, Randy, thanks to my new timer, it is exactly 30 minutes since I pushed that button. I'm so excited to have it back. Uh, I say I am. I'm excited for you. (laughs) I I can't hear anything, but uh, that's I'm just excited that you're excited. It's not making noise. It's just showing me a time. And that's all I really. Oh, oh, I I thought we were talking about the magic cube. Oh, there we go. Yes. Now I see. I so, see. Oh, so the cube, this was, a, that's a whole different deal. The cube is back in Mary's, uh, you know, private collection and never to see the light of day in my office again. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget. Yeah. You hear that? Nope. nope. <laughs> How about now? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Did you hear it yesterday? Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> nope. Nope. Well, you know something, we have come to the end of, end of our 75 cent run here. There's a couple things, you know, more than one, probably two or three things I always like to talk about before we close shop. 
bring the plane in for a landing or the bus into the station. And one of those is that I know you know this, but I'm going to mention it because I think it's important. Doug is a nationwide licensed agent. So no matter where you live, no matter what state you're in or what city you live in, Doug can help you with your Medicare supplement planning and also Part D, uh, bottom line. And so that's nation. That's one thing I like to talk about. The other thing I like to talk about is uh, Doug loves to get email. I've again, you know, he's back right back from you know Pugsleyville, and where's he standing? Out by his mailbox, waiting for mail. He loves mail. So send him some mail. Get out your pencil here. I'm going to wait for 12 seconds. DBJ at MLMMailbag.com. That's DBJ at MLMMailbag.com. Check us out on the website, MedicareForTheLazyMan.com. I think there's some pretty cool stuff there. If you can find a place to give us a rating on the podcast and or the book, we'd certainly appreciate it because we are always up against the ratings. And obviously, our writing staff is on strike. So what are we going to do now? (laughs) We can't watch TV. Nope, can't watch TV. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We know that you could have been 100 different places, and you weren't. You chose to spend a little bit of time with us. I don't know whether it's morning, night, afternoon, or somewhere in between. But anyway, thank you. We certainly appreciate it. Because I know you haven't been watching, but... If you were watching your wristwatch, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He's back in Arizona living in his fortress of solitude up in the high mountains behind the city. Oh, let's just put him in. Oh, guys. Uh, 13.5. Mm, I can live with that. Thank you, Randy. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye.